Hello everyone, I'm Troy Dodds and thanks for joining us for the latest edition of Weekender Wireless, a special podcast we're running whenever there's big stories that we need to cover locally. Weekender Wireless sits alongside the Weekender's suite of services to the community, our print edition, our website at westernweekender.com.au and of course our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. Today, our third podcast on coronavirus and its impact on Penrith. We know that you can get news about this virus anywhere, it's the main story at every turn, but our aim is to give you a deeper local perspective. If you've listened to the first two coronavirus podcasts, thank you, they're actually our two most listened to podcasts ever on Western Weekender, so we really appreciate that, and it does show the thirst there is for local information about this virus. So... Getting on to that, let's have a look at where we're at numbers-wise as far as Penrith is concerned. Now, the Penrith local government area, and I like to stress that the Penrith local government area is a big area, some 400 square kilometres. It's not just Penrith the suburb. Basically, if you pay rates to Penrith City Council or your bins get picked up by Penrith City Council, then uh, you are in the Penrith local government area. So it includes, yes, Penrith, but also South Penrith, Glenmore Park, Wallachia, St Mary's, St Clair, Emu Plains, Leonay, Cranebrook. It's, It's a lot of suburbs in the Penrith LGA, 30-odd suburbs, and as I say, about 400 square kilometres. It's a big area, but um, the numbers at the moment aren't good as far as the Penrith local government area is concerned, despite its size. Penrith currently has 71 cases of COVID-19. Now, that's confirmed as of Tuesday night, 71 cases. Now, the, the most concerning thing is that 10 of those cases are considered locally acquired. So that means that there is an unknown source of infection. And that has prompted the call from New South Wales Health for people to get tested, even if they only have minor symptoms, if they live or work in the Penrith local government area. So if you have a fever, cough, sore throat or shortness of breath and you live, work or have been active in the Penrith local government area, you're being urged to get in contact with your GP or with Health Direct on 1-800-022-222, You're being urged to get in contact if you live in the Penrith local government area, or you can visit one of the COVID-19 clinics, and of course the local clinic there is at Nepean Hospital via the West Block entrance. It's open from 10.30am till 6pm, seven days a week. Now, it is possible that you've been to that clinic or tried to go to that clinic before, you've had symptoms or something like that in the last few weeks, and you've been turned away way. Um, There were restrictions in place previously about having to have been near a close contact or having multiple symptoms, all sorts of things like that. That's no longer the case now. Because of the number of cases in the Penrith local government area, the restrictions there have been loosened and New South Wales Health has said that they want you to get tested regardless of even if it's only a minor symptom of coronavirus. So uh, please make sure you do that. Please make sure you, um, you follow all of the advice from New South Wales Health. And if you do have a fever, cough, sore throat or shortness of breath and you live, work or have been active in the Penrith local government area, you call your GP, you go to the COVID-19 clinic or you call Health Direct for some advice on one 800 222 So that's 71 cases at the moment in the Penrith local government area, 10 of them locally acquired. And uh, to give you some perspective, there's 2,886 cases total in New South Wales as of Tuesday night. These figures will be updated again on Thursday morning. And uh, Waverley is the local government area with the most cases, 177 cases. But Penrith certainly entered the top dozen LGAs with cases. Not a list you want to be anywhere near the top of, but 71 cases in the Penrith local government area. And safe to say that Penrith has become something of a hot spot as far as this virus is concerned. Now, let's get on to one of the big stories of the week, and it relates 
to this nursing home in the Caddens or Kingswood area, and it's called New March House. Now, there has been a lot of confusion over this this week, and what we can't escape is the, the big story here and the, the top line of this story is that there are 10 people, uh, six staff and four residents from this nursing home that have coronavirus, and that is a very serious situation. It's a cluster that no one has wanted to see. Uh, New South Wales Health confirming that 10 staff and residents have tested positive to COVID-19, six staff four residents at that New March House facility there in uh, Kingswood or Caddens, um, whichever one you want to go with, you do access that particular part of the facility by Kingswood. Now, this all came about uh, from a staff member who reportedly had coronavirus, went to work, and has obviously passed it on. Now, initially, there was a bit of anger towards this staff member, and probably not surprisingly, because have a listen to what the New South Wales Health Minister, Brad Hazard, said at a press conference earlier this week. I want to give a very clear message today to uh, staff in aged care facilities, staff in any facility where there are vulnerable people. We've talked about this numerous times, but now it appears that some staff are still going to work even when they have symptoms, uh, flu-like symptoms, just being sick. Simple, simple message here is, if you're working in an aged care facility, you are working with some of the most vulnerable people in our community. Please don't go to work if you're feeling sick. Just don't go. Make sure your boss knows you're not coming in because you're sick. We've had another uh, situation now where at an aged care facility in Cadden's uh, here in Sydney, uh, the Newmarch House aged care facility, there was a healthcare worker who went to work for six days, six straight days, when she was already feeling sick, when she, was, when she had some symptoms of, uh, of an illness. We won't go into the details other than to say she had symptoms of illness. Now, no doubt she thought she was doing the right thing. She was unfortunately not doing the right thing. And the message for all of us is don't go to work. If you're feeling sick and you're working in an aged care facility, you're working with some of the most vulnerable people in our state, please don't go to work. So that's the Health Minister Brad Hazard in New South Wales. And he didn't mince his words there. He clearly was not happy that this health worker had turned up to work, supposedly sick, supposedly for six days, showing signs of illness. He wasn't happy, and fair enough if it was true. But then we get this statement from New South Wales Police late on Wednesday. Earlier today, Wednesday the 15th of April 2020, officers from Nepean Police Area Command conducted inquiries after a healthcare worker at an aged care facility at Caddens tested positive to COVID-19. Police spoke with the organisation's CEO and the facility manager and have been provided significant information relating to possible contacts with residents and other staff, as well as workplace health and safety arrangements. It is understood the woman was not symptomatic while at work, and was last on duty on Thursday the 2nd of April 2020. She was tested after this date when advised of contact with a person not from the facility who tested positive to COVID-19. No further police action is expected to be required. I'll repeat the key line. It is understood the woman was not symptomatic while at work. Now what is Brad Hazard doing? Getting up earlier in the week, fronting a press conference, and saying that this woman had felt sick, had been showing symptoms and turned up for work for six days, hanging her out to dry, when, according to this police investigation, or these police inquiries, it's just not true. Now, I don't know who fed Brad Hazard the information, but now we've got the media being bashed over the head. People are saying, well, why is the media reporting this? Well, the media is reporting it because the health minister stood up at a press conference and said, well, this is the lay of the land. You've just heard it then. 
That was the audio from the press conference. Let's let's hear a bit of it again. This is Brad Hazard and what he said earlier in the week. We've had another uh, situation now where at an aged care facility in Cadden's uh, here in Sydney, uh, the Newmarch House aged care facility, there was a healthcare worker who went to work for six days, six straight days, when she was already feeling sick, when she, was, when she had some symptoms of, uh, of an illness. We won't go into the details other than to say she had symptoms of illness. Brad Hazard, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I know he's doing a tough job at the moment. I know he's putting in the hours. I know that New South Wales Health have got a tough job at the moment. I know the Premier has got a very difficult job at the moment. And I know that their information is not always 100% up-to-date or accurate because there is just so much coming in. But this is a big one for me. What is Brad Hazard doing? You can't front a press conference essentially throwing a healthcare worker under the bus saying that they turned up to work sick, that they turned up to work showing illness symptoms for six days, and then the police ask a few questions and we find out, well, that wasn't the case at all. Now, I'll tell you what, Brad Hazard's press conference on the Ruby Princess a couple of weeks ago was a train wreck. I know this one is not quite the train wreck that that was, but I'll tell you what, if I was that healthcare worker, I wouldn't be very happy with the health minister in New South Wales, Brad Hazard, at the moment, because it seems like he's led us all down a, a path that simply wasn't true as far as Newmarch House is concerned. Anyway, the big story there, the big headline there, is the actual cases at, at Newmarch House, and it's terrible because we've got some vulnerable residents that now have coronavirus, uh, four residents, six staff, and it's obviously a, a big, big concern. Uh, the federal Lindsay MP, Melissa McIntosh, uh, she issued a, a statement passing on her best, of course, to all of those at Newmarch House. She's also asked people to continue to take social distancing um, seriously. Um, she said it's important that anyone who has come into contact with residents or staff of these facilities undertake a test for COVID-19 and practice social isolation. She said, I'm sad that this has happened to our community. It is a very hard time, especially for Newmarch House residents and families. And obviously, if you've got a family member in Newmarch House as many people in the local government area do, it is a big, big worry and a big, big concern for you. And um, let's hope that we don't have any more cases coming from that, but it is something that New South Wales Health is keeping a very firm eye on at the moment. Ten staff and residents testing positive to COVID-19 in that Newmarch House nursing home in uh, the Caddens Kingswood area. Now... The social distancing situation, um, it is uh, an ongoing issue in Penrith. There is no doubt about that as far as people actually following the rules and actually staying inside their houses unless it's for essential purposes such as work or exercise. We've had a ton of emails come through to us talking about the Penrith Homemaker Centre and the amount of people that are down there shopping. Uh, we've had a ton of emails about the River Walk. Uh, people saying that the Great River Walk is just full of clumps of people, groups of people that are exercising together. Um, look, this is a big concern. The, the reminder is, of course, that unless it is for essential exercise or work or going to get your groceries or things like that, that you shouldn't be out there. I understand that there is some confusion over this, though. You know, if a business like JB Hi-Fi, like Harvey Norman, like Domain are able to remain open, then obviously that indicates to most people, well, I can go check out uh, a new bed at Harvey Norman, which, by the way, if you need a new bed, that is the place to go, our friends at Harvey Norman. But I guess it does create some confusion over 
when you can and can't go out. But, you know, at the end of the day, make sure you are following these restrictions. Um, Gladys Berejiklian had a little bit to say, the Premier, about this on Wednesday morning when she was speaking about how people behaved over the Easter weekend, which, of course, was a tough one for many people not being able to see family. Here's the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian. Firstly, can I thank everyone for their cooperation over the long weekend, the Easter long weekend. Uh, Not only did we see the vast majority of people in New South Wales do the right thing, We also saw people still come forward and get tested, which was a positive, because we made sure that medical services, both in testing and in other areas, were open over the Easter long weekend, and we're pleased that took place. As you'll see today, the number of cases emerging in New South Wales on a daily basis continues to decline, but we take that number with caution today, Dr Champ will explain, because we did have slightly fewer tests on the Easter long weekend than we would have uh, on a normal weekday. Uh, This week, our health officials will be ramping up testing, and I want to thank them because in New South Wales, we've almost conducted double the number of tests compared to the next state. So we know that our testing, the high regime of testing, but also of contact tracing, so once someone's tested positive, our ability to actually contact trace them uh, and those that have been in contact with them is allowing us to control the spread, reduce the spread. And I want to thank everybody involved for that. Again, the rate of testing in New South Wales is really allowing us to control the spread, and that will obviously continue this week. And as Dr Champ will outline, it will also continue in particular in areas where there's clusters where we know there's a larger number of cases, either through a major event that took place in that area or because of community transmission. And Dr Chant will outline those suburbs where we're really encouraging people to come forward and get tested. And we want to thank the community for really taking up that challenge. So that's the Premier Gladys Berejiklian talking about the fact that there was still testing over the Easter long weekend and that she was also happy with the way most people behaved over the Easter long weekend. But as I said, there's still evidence, particularly in Penrith, uh, you know, there's other areas as well, but particularly in Penrith where we all notice it more because we live and work here, that there has been these groups of people still hanging out together. And maybe it's time that we start calling it out, start calling out our friends. If you see them on Instagram posting about a, a little party they're having, and by party, uh, yeah, four or six people. Well, there's still people that believe you can have four or six friends around for a quiet drink. You cannot do it. You really can't. And we've got to stop people from doing this sort of stuff because it is going to create sparks of more coronavirus outbreaks and then we're all going to be in this isolation or lockdown situation for want of a better word um, for longer and we don't want that so just remember you must stay at home unless you're going to work where you can't work remotely school or an educational institution to shop for food and essentials to get medical care or supplies or for exercise And if you're going for exercise, you go by yourself or with one other person from your household or one other person who you know well, but certainly not a group of four, six or ten people. And we've got to really start getting that through people's minds. And the police are out and about, of course, enforcing all of this. Um, Now, no real local situations as far as charges and whatnot, none that we've heard about anyway, but there has been a Penrith man in trouble. Penrith man was charged after repeatedly breaching warnings to leave the Sydney CBD at the weekend. About 6.45pm on Saturday, April 11, officers from the Police Transport Command spoke to the 21-year-old man on Eddy Avenue at Haymarket, who had no reasonable excuse to be in the area. Checks revealed he had been warned on two occasions in the last week. He was issued with a $1,000 fine and moved on. Now, at 8.30 that night, officers from Sydney City Police Area Command attended a hotel on George Street following reports of a domestic violence incident. And the same 21-year-old man was involved here. 
Police spoke with him and a 17-year-old girl, checks revealing the previous incident, and that the man was not to be at the location. He was taken to Day Street Police Station, where that $1,000 fine was rescinded and instead he was charged with not comply with notice direction re-COVID-19. He was granted bail at court. He'll appear at Penrith Local Court on Wednesday, June 3. We'll follow that um, here at the Western Weekender through our court reporter, Alina Higgins. Um, She'll make sure that we're across that and find out exactly what happens to that guy. He is an example of a first-class idiot who, unfortunately, is making it worse for the rest of us by not following the rules in place. And we need people to be following the rules. And that's why I say, if you've got friends or family who are trying to breach the rules, saying, oh, well, it won't happen to us, we're not worried about this, well call them out on it and make sure you do call them out on it because we want to get back to some sort of normalcy as soon as possible. Talking about normalcy, I think the most frequently asked question, whether it's to the Prime Minister Scott Morrison or to the Premier Gladys Berejiklian, to the Health Minister Brad Hazard, maybe don't ask him at the moment, um, or just to us here at the paper is, well, when are things going to get back to normal? Now, as we've said previously, things will get back to normal or some semblance of normal once we start to see um, the the stabilisation of new cases to the point where the health system can handle it and to the point where there's no fears that there's going to be a sudden spike in cases if we again open up things like restaurants and gyms and allow sports to run with crowds and things like that. I'm reading between the lines, and it's purely an opinion, it's purely just watching this situation unfold, that I reckon in early May we will start to see some relaxation of the social distancing rules, and maybe by mid-May we might even see restaurants and clubs and pubs being able to reopen again, probably not just completely reopen like they were before, but we'll probably be in a situation where those um, strict rules will be in place around the amount of people that can be in a facility, um, the number of people that you can have in there at one time time, staff and people combined and things like that. We might see gyms open sometime in June, you know, if things continue to go in a, in a positive way. As far as sport is concerned, well, we'll talk about the NRL in just a moment, but um, sport in general, I, I don't think you're going to see a situation where we've got crowds at sporting events this year. It, it just doesn't seem that that would feasibly happen um, from, you know, from as I said, reading between the lines and where we're at here. I just can't imagine that in July, August, September, that we're going to throw 80,000 people into the Melbourne Cricket Ground or 80,000 people into ANZ Stadium in Sydney or 20,000 people into Panthers Stadium and just whack them all together just a couple of months after a pandemic, particularly if we still don't have a vaccine, which at that point, that would be very unlikely. We're still saying the vaccine is 12 to 18 months away. We simply would have slowed the spread enough that the health system can handle it. Um, So, look, I've got some real doubts that you'll be back at sporting events and concerts and whatnot this year, but um, certainly I think restaurants, pubs, clubs, you'll start to see them reopen through May. Now, that's not an official word or an official statement or any inside information. It's purely my view based on Um, you know, watching and reading and engrossing myself in this every day and looking at where the figures are at, I think that's where we'll end up and we'll start to see um, some relaxation of the rules. It is not going to be like flicking a light switch. The Prime Minister is not going to get up there and say, well, back to normal we go, folks. Um, Not at all. Uh, What we will see is a slow relaxation of rules as that continues to get better, the situation, and as we continue to see things unfold. The last thing that we will see, of course, is international travel resuming. We may not see international travel resuming until 2021. We have to accept that. Um, That is the reality of the situation. Um, It'll be the last thing that happens will be borders reopening. And as you've seen and continue to see overseas, um, just some catastrophic scenes. We've already seen Italy, of course, just unbelievable there. Uh, the US and the UK 
are now dealing with just horrible numbers of coronavirus cases and horrible numbers of deaths as well. We know that the US and the UK are both keen to get back up and running, both keen to get their economies restarted again, but they've got a long, long way to go. We do here too, but it would appear that Australia has managed to get uh, on top of quite a lot of these um, situations that the overseas countries have not been able to do. But let's just see how all of that unfolds. I mentioned the NRL, and there is, of course, uh, an official announcement from the NRL that they plan to resume on May 28. And it'll probably be behind closed doors. It'll probably be with players being isolated and in some sort of bubble format. We'll see announcements on that in the coming days. As you would have seen, there's been a few curveballs thrown at the NRL from various politicians from Channel 9 who have basically made the call that they don't want the footy back this year um, because of a few reasons. Financially is is the main one. I think this story, the whole NRL coming back on May 28 and everyone having a whinge about it, has been blown totally out of control. What the NRL has done has said, look, we would like to get back this year. We would like our business to resume. And we would like that to happen on the 28th of May. And then they've kicked off seven weeks of trying to make that happen. And you've seen Peter Volandis, he's made calls with New South Wales Health. You've seen um, lots of communication happening with broadcasters because it is not a case that the NRL is going to be able to, at some point, let's say they get to May 28, and they go, oh, we could actually be playing now. Well, it's going to take them another six, seven weeks to get things up and running and to get a competition sorted. So what they've done is they've said, well, look, why don't we put a date on this thing? Let's say May 28. It's ambitious, but let's hope we get there and let's strive towards that. If the NRL is told that it's not safe to play on May 28, they will not play. And I think that that is the key point here that everyone is forgetting. Um, People are acting like the NRL has said, hey, we're going to start tomorrow. Well, that's not true. They've simply said, we're going to try and start on May 28. We'll take all the advice that we need to take. We've already spoken to the police commissioner. We've spoken to health officials. We're trying to get this underway. Asking every politician about it at a press conference is getting boring and tired. Asking Gladys Berejiklian about the NRL and it's starting up. Well, I don't know if Peter Volandis has spoken to Gladys Berejiklian. Probably not and probably doesn't need to unless it gets to that point. If it gets to a point where the Premier needs to make a call to sign off on it, that's when we'll talk to her. We're not going to talk to her now about some hypothetical May 28 start date that the NRL is trying to work towards. So I think that constantly throwing the NRL story out there every day. Obviously, it gets clicks and it gets viewers and it gets listeners and readers, but the reality of the situation is that the NRL simply put up their hand. They said, we want to come back on the 28th of May. Let's try and make it happen. And that's all they're trying to do. I just think that this has been made into one massive story that didn't need to happen, as is typically the case with rugby league. Um, As far as the broadcasters are concerned, that'll all get sorted out. There's a big squabble on. There's no doubt about that. Um, Channel 9 issued a a pretty damning statement of the NRL. It's created a a big hoopla as far as uh, the Nine Network's future with Rugby League is concerned, but it'll get sorted out one way or another. Um, Fox Sports, obviously, they want the the game to come back as quickly as possible. All of that will get sorted out. Will we see games at Panther Stadium this year? Hmm. I don't think so. I'm going to make that call that I think the NRL, 
if they produce a 13-round season that takes us through to the grand final still being in October, I don't think we'll see games return to Panther Stadium. I think they'll continue to be played at um, at a couple of venues, uh, maybe ANZ Stadium and Bank West, maybe everything at ANZ, who knows. Um, if we go through until December, which is something that has been talked about, the possibility that the NRL could still try and produce its full 25 rounds. It's already played two of them, of course. Let's not forget the Mighty Panthers undefeated after two rounds, equal top of the ladder. If they wanted to go through to December, then maybe, yeah, maybe we could get to a situation where crowds are coming back as far as, um, you know, November is concerned. My personal opinion, I would love to see the NRL go through to December and us play out the full competition because I think the more games that we can get in, the more... Um, the more legitimate the 2020 season is. If we run a 15-round competition, it's not that it's not legitimate from a premiership perspective. Everyone was still on even keel, but I just think there'll always be an asterisk next to it, where I think if you can play the full 25 rounds and your four rounds of finals, including the grand final, and your origin thrown in there as well, then you've had a legitimate season. I would I would get rid of origin, personally. I, I think that, I know it's the game's showpiece, but origin is built on the crowds and the tribalism, and I think you play origin in front of an empty stadium this year, it loses a bit of that. I would get rid of it. I know Channel 9, in particular, probably wouldn't want to get rid of it because it is their three highest rating programs of the year, but I just think we're potentially going to tarnish the Origin brand by playing it in front of empty stadiums this year, if that's what it comes to. Um, let's focus on the Premiership, get these 25 rounds out if we can. If we can't get to an agreement to play in through to December, we'll we play in front of um, empty stadiums for the 13 rounds, and potentially we have a grand final in front of no crowd. We're not going to know that until later in the year. And I guess one of the things that the NRL is facing at the moment as well is, well, will we ever get back to crowds? They're going to have to deal with this on a week-to-week basis. If suddenly we're in round 17 of the NRL and they've agreed on, say, a 20-round season and crowds are allowed back at games, do we do that straight away? Do we rejig the draw and have teams back at home stadiums and members being able to attend games again? It's going to be a really difficult situation for the NRL. Also, of course, the AFL and the A-League, their seasons are up in the air as well. We know that the AFL is considering a potential June return, uh, maybe July, probably more realistic for them. Hopefully the GWS Giants can go one better this year. And the A-League, they were really close to their finals. They've got a meeting coming up next week where they'll decide what to do with the rest of the A-League season. So all sports are up in the air. And of course, locally, we've got all the local sports up in the air as well, all the winter sports. Big question marks over whether they're going to be able to take off as well. I noticed that uh, the Penrith Oztag Association earlier in the week they were hoping to return in May. That's now been pushed out to June, um, and that's still a maybe. So a lot of those sports are going to be having some trouble. But look, bottom line on the NRL, let's not be too hard on them over this May 28 thing. They've said that's when they'd like to return. They're going to try and work towards that. There's really nothing wrong with that. They're not going to suddenly run a competition that's in contravention of health and safety procedures. That's not going to happen. So I think we can calm down there and just uh, watch this all unfold. But hey, it's given us something to talk about, isn't it? The NRL likely to return, hopefully, on May 28th. Now, a couple of stories uh, from a technology point of view with coronavirus. Um, a local Penrith business has created a web-based app which automatically um, sorts out your COVID-19 screening, replacing paper with extremely easy-to-use QR code technology. Uh, a website that works for you is the business in Penrith that's created it. Now, they ensure with this technology that businesses and residents can now easily generate a QR sign that they can print and stick out the front of the uh, the entry of their premises, and anyone visiting the premises scans 
scans the QR code and is asked to answer a couple of simple screening questions on their entry via the smartphone. If they pass, they get a COVID pass to present at the door. It's free for businesses um, to create a display sign, start issuing passes, extremely easy to use as well. High Street Medical Imaging is using this. So um, look, have a look at covidpass.com.au. It's not a paid ad or anything. We just wanted to give them a plug because they're a local business who's trying to do something right during this um, coronavirus crisis. So check out covidpass.com.au, a website that works for you as the local business that sorted that out. And the State Library of New South Wales wants your self-isolation images to become part of the historic record, launching a new collecting drive on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter called hashtag New South Wales at home. And they're asking people all across the state to get involved by sharing a photo on Instagram with the hashtag New South Wales at home to show how they're working, staying fit, keeping informed and staying entertained during this isolation period. And I've got to tell you, I reckon it's a great idea because we are going to look back on this in years to come, decades to come, generations to come, and, um, and we're going to be able to see the, the photos and how people handled working from home. In 50 years' time, we're going to look back on it, probably we'll all be working from home, and we'll say, gee, how did, how did they think this was so special? But um, make sure you do that. If you've got some photos of you, you know, working at home or working out or doing something like that, hashtag New South Wales at home. The State Library of New South Wales is organising that. You can check out more details by going to sl.nsw.gov.au slash New South Wales at home. All right, that is it from us as far as the latest Weekend of Wireless is concerned. Make sure you keep up to date with all the latest coronavirus news at a local level at westernweekender.com.au. You can also follow us on Twitter and make sure you like us on Facebook as well for all the local news as it breaks. Thanks very much for your company again on Weekend of Wireless. We'll see you next time. As the coronavirus outbreak continues, it's important to stay well informed. A national plan has been activated to manage the virus and support our community. As more is learned about the virus and the way it spreads, the plan will be adapted and we will let you know about the latest advice. For up-to-date information, visit health.gov.au. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra.